Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. If you've never been in a spirit-filled church, welcome. Welcome. What does that mean? We believe that God is more than some form of an emblem or stained glass windows. We believe that he lives up inside of us and he's alive and well and activated in our spirit. And uh, we believe in the spirit. We believe in the spirit. We really do. And this is a series called Field, Field, Field. And uh, there was an emotion, uh, a, a motivational seminar and three men are asked to come up to the stage and they got up to the stage and they're all asked, when you are in your casket and friends come by and they're mourning over your life, they said, what would you like to hear them say about you? First guy says, I'd like to hear them say that I was the great doctor of my time and that I was a great family man. Awesome, awesome. Second guy says, second guy says I would like to hear that I was a wonderful husband and school teacher and, and, and who made a huge difference in the children for tomorrow. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Last guy replies, he said this. He said, I'd like to hear them say, look, he's moving. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way you feel about it, but I am here to say this. How many of you want to see some dead things come to life today in this house? Can I get a witness? Look. He's moving. So when I go through the New Testament, the church, to be honest with you, had just kind of died. It, it, it had become stained glass windows, rules, regulations, no, nothing that had any vibrance to it. It kind of lost its passion and zeal. And then, then Jesus was resurrected, sent his spirit, and that's a whole other deal. But all, it all culminate, culminates at Pentecost. Pentecost is not a religion. Pentecost was an experience that took place in the book of Acts. And I don't know of any denomination that doesn't say that the church didn't start in Acts. Everybody kind of agrees, that's one thing we agree on, that the church began, the New Testament church began in the book of Acts. And so I'm going to run over there today and read a very familiar text uh, if you're a spirit-filled person, very familiar text. If you're not, please enjoy this. It's, it's just an awesome text. It's Acts chapter 2, and it's verse 38. And it's kind of the, it's kind of the, the, the powerhouse of where everything is. And so I want you to listen closely. And by the way, today I'm going to be preaching this. I'm going to be preaching prepare for it. Everybody say prepare for it. Prepare for it. Last week we preached expect it. Today we're preaching prepare for it. New NLT reads as this. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. King James Version says Holy Ghost. However you want to say it, 
You just got to get it. And, and so, so if you look at this text, it is such a beautiful text that we see that there is something involved in it that we need to get involved in. And that is we've got to prepare for it. We sometimes want God to do something big, but we prepare like we want a little sprinkle in our life. We really don't get involved in the process. We say, God, I want the payoff before the preparation. We say, I want the spiritual muscles before I ever work out in prayer. I want the protein of faith before I ever read the word of God. I want the weight loss of distractions before I lay aside every weight that does so easily beset us. I want the victory before the battle. I want the inspiration before the perspiration. I want revival before the sacrifice. I want to be filled, but I still want to be full of myself. The Bible declares to us many truths, and, but one truth that is reiterated over and over again is the truth that preparation always precedes the blessing. The work always precedes the payday. The valley always precedes the mountain. The darkness always precedes the morning. And I want to say it this way, and I hope that you remember what I'm about to say, and that is God is preparing you for what God is preparing for you. God is preparing you for what God is preparing for you. He's got some big things up in your life that he is wanting to do. He is absolutely wanting to fill your vessel, but he wants you to get involved in the process of preparing for it. Noah prepared for 120 years. See, we always just read about Noah and, you know, 40 days and 40 nights, and we, we talk that in our Parkway kids, and we teach these kids these stories, and we, we, we hear all that, and that's awesome. But we don't realize that Noah prepared for 120 years to receive the blessing of salvation for he and his family. There was preparation before the salvation. There was preparing before the blessing. The Shunammite woman in the word of God prepared a place for the man of God who was Elisha. And by doing so, she prepared her own self to receive the blessing that God had for her. The blessing that came upon her is that the man of God went over and prayed and her dead son came back to life. But there was preparation before the blessing. Somebody say this with me. Somebody say, prepare for it. I want you to scream it out. Would you do that? Prepare for it. Love that passion. The it of which I am speaking of and the prepare for it is the spear it. <laughs> I want you to have the spirit in your life. Nothing has changed my life more than having the spirit on board on a daily basis. Can I get a witness if you understand what I'm talking about? He will speak to you. He will encourage you. He'll bump you. 
He'll, he'll discipline you. All the things can take place through the power of the Spirit in your life. He can, you can be out in the middle of your week and all of a sudden a scripture comes flooding back in your mind. You know what does that? It's not because you're smart. It's because the Spirit, one of the job descriptions of the Spirit is to bring back to your remembrance things which you have first once learned. He brings back the scriptures. It's part of the Spirit. So if you got a little something that you're missing in your life, welcome to a Spirit-filled church where you can have it, but you need to get and start preparing for it. And so the issue so many of us run into is we bring the vessel to God. We get our vessel and we bring it to God, but we are so full of us that we can't get any of him into the vessel. We're so full of us that we can't get any of him into the vessel. Now listen to this, and I think I have it on the screen for you. But some of us are determined to present our fullness for God to feel. I want to to say that real slow. Some of us are presenting our fullness for God to feel. To feel. We bring him the vessel, but the vessel is full, and we're sitting there saying, Now, God, would you fill it? And we go, He's looking, going, I'd love to fill it. But it's so full that I don't even have anywhere to put what I want to put into you. Because our lives are so jam packed that we can't even receive anything else. Now, I'd like to tell you that we're all full of the God stuff in our life, but that's not always the case. We're so jam-packed with self. We're so jam-packed with, my Lord, you'll know what I'm talking, we're so jam-packed with media and social media. We can't hardly... We can't hardly, and I'm just talking to all of us, to me too. We're so jam-packed with it. We can't even hardly read the word for wanting to read Facebook. I heard a nervous giggle right then. (laughs) Or Twitter or Instagram or whatever your favorite, I mean, or or reading your email. Do do we still have that? And and, and all of the things that are out there that that, that people jam-pack their life. Politics. Has, has anybody, I have XM radio, and every time I turn to Fox News and Fox News Business and CNN, which I kind of, you know, just toggle between the three, they're all talking about the same thing. And I was driving this week, and I thought, I sure would like to hear some, something different. But until we have another major something bad happen in the world, we'll keep hearing about politics and I'm just full and just full. And we, we, can, we can thrive on politics. And I'm gonna even say this, and I love sports, and you know I do, and I'll be at 340 watching a game. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, I can get so full of sports that it consumes me that when I come in the house of God, I sit 
my vessel down and he said, I love to get Jesus in there, but you got so much Prescott in there. You got so much cowboys in there. You got so much Texans in there. You got so much of whatever. You got so much of your kids' sports in. You can't give me any time because you got your kids in 47 different sports. I'm preaching now. My kids are involved in sports. All through high school, my kids. My girls had a tournament all weekend, but they're in the house of the Lord today. But I gotta tell you something. You can't let anything feel what God is wanting to feel. And so you've gotta set some boundaries. You've gotta put some things in your life. You've gotta empty out some stuff of you. That don't mean you have to go crazy and have to get off every social media for the next 100 days or you've got to never listen to politics or never let your kids play sports. Or That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, come on, get some balance in your life. But what I'm trying to say is that you've got to, at a season in your life, check your life again and say, do I have absolutely any room for J-E-S-U-S in my life? Any room? Do I have any room? Come on, man, I'm, 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 I've been there, I've been there, I've, 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 I've tapped out, had it full of everything else, career, everything, man. And it's so full, and the Lord's just standing, waiting. He says, I want to feel you. You've got to expect it, but you've got to also prepare for it. If you take a full glass of water and you decide that you want some Dr. Pepper, man, hallelujah, and you want some Dr. Pepper or whatever your favorite drinks in, drink is, but you, but you don't pour out the water, all right, but you don't pour out the water. So you got this glass of water and you got your favorite drink and you want to put your drink in this cup, but you don't pour out the water before you try to pour in your Dr. Pepper, two things are going to happen. Number one is this, your glass is going to overflow. That's deep stuff, right? Your glass is going to overflow because it cannot contain both the water and the Dr. Pepper. Common sense, right? The second thing that is going to happen is this, is when you try to take a drink out of that glass, you poured your Dr. Pepper into there, it might have flowed over, whatever, but you poured it into there, and when you try to take a glint, you're not going to taste that ice-cold Dr. Pepper that you longed for so greatly. You're going to taste a very watered-down version of what you want so bad. I'm preaching right there. You're going to get something in, but it's not what you were thirsty for. God is not wanting us to get a watered-down version of what he has poured into your vessel. He is wanting it to be about him. He's wanting to make you power-packed, fill you with the dynamite of who he is in the spirit but he's not wanting you to water it down so much with the things of this world that by the time it gets through, your Christianity is as weak as water. And so that's why we're going into 21 days. We're going into 20 days to kind of empty some things out, to look inside, to access our life again and say, God, there's some things up in there I just don't like. 
Has anybody ever spent some time in prayer and, or come to a church service and you looked and you walked out and you go, I got to get rid of that. I got to work on that. I got to clean that up. I got to do something about that because that is stopping him from coming in. So due to this, he's calling you to do something for you to be filled. And what is that? We've got to become empty in order for there to be a filling. So it's time to prepare ourselves for the things that God is wanting to give us. The vacancy in our life when we pour out us. and We bring him the vacancy as we preached last week. And we set it down before him. The vacancy draws in the win for our life. The W-I-N, the win. It draws it in. It's the vacancy that's presented to God, that, that void that produces the hunger for the spirit of God. You start emptying yourself out of you, and all of a sudden you start having, having this God hunger in your life that you want him to feel it. We always say this, and I've heard this since I was a little kid, and if you've grown up around the church at all, you've probably heard this. We, we've said this for years. We say, every man has a God-shaped void in his life that only God can feel. Anybody ever heard that? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I don't know that I completely agree with that statement. I don't know that I completely agree with that statement. Yes, I do agree that every man has a God-shaped void, but I don't believe that he's the only one that can feel it. Because I am watching this world fill that God-shaped void with everything that you can imagine. And I really believe as time grows closer to the coming of God, there will be more and more and more things. Did you know that he says as we get closer to coming of the Lord, that, that, that even, even partying and dining and running from this feast to that feast becomes another thing that fills us up. In other words, we get so full of life that we no longer seek after the giver of life. Is this all right today? I'm talking to us today. Because I, I do believe that God, we have a God-shaped void in our life, but we can fill it with all kinds of other things. But this is the clincher, and that is this. We have that God-shaped void in the life, but I do believe this, that Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit is the only thing that can fill us that will satisfy us. Can I get a witness? Amen. Jesus told a lady at a well one day that had filled her God-shaped void with everything but Jesus. It was, it was full. She didn't even realize that she needed Jesus. She just was so full of herself. And all of a sudden, she meets him at a well. 
and he begins to talk to her and he finds that she's in sin and she's so full of herself and he begins to speak into her life. But Jesus makes a statement that's awesome. He says, they're standing in a well, all right? She came to draw water and Jesus said, I want to give you a drink from the well that you will never thirst. Again, there's a God-shaped void in your life, lady. But I gotta tell you, you've tried to fill it with everything. You've got husband after husband and the one you're living with is not your husband. But I gotta tell you something. I wanna fill you with a drink that'll satisfy your soul. I want to be poured out so that he can be in my life and fill me up in Jesus' name. It's all about what you're hungry for. It's all about what you're thirsty for. And we need a desperate, intense hunger to overtake us, but it's not gonna happen when we are full of everything but him. So in the next 21 days of prayer and fasting, we need to do this. We need to pour it out. Tomorrow morning, it's not a corporate service. There's only gonna be probably you, your puppy, and Jesus. And your coffee. And there's no big praise and worship time. There's not a bald-headed guy screaming in your ear. It's just you and Jesus. And you gotta pour it out, man. You gotta pour it out. Come on, we all got to. The bald-headed guy too, okay? We gotta pour it out. We gotta take the vessel. If you've gotta even see the picture of what I'm doing right now, and pour it out. I empty myself of me. Let's just face it. <laughs> I'm full of me. And, and, and if I don't keep full up with the God factor, I start getting a lot of me factor. And don't leave me by myself, please. Am I telling the truth? And you've got to reassess some things. Pour out the stuff in your life that has clogged up the spirit, that has diluted the flow in your life and the spirit in your life. And, and, and all of a sudden you start seeing a feeling. And I use this text for that that's pressed down, shaken together, and begins to run over with the pureness of who he is. It's abundant life. It's abundant living. It's walking into the presence of God on a Sunday and not having to spend 30 minutes of worship to get you where you need to be. But it's stepping in his presence because you've been all week in his presence. That when you step in, you're just bubbling out. And the people around you start feeling something just by being close to you as you worship the Lord. Are you understanding? There's something that's flowing out of you, but it's pure. It's not diluted. And you come in and you're satisfied. That don't mean life's all perfect. That don't mean everything you do, everything you touch turns to gold. We're not trying to make this a prosperity doctrine. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. If you'll empty out, he'll fill you up. It'll be full strength and he'll change your life life. You got to prepare for it. You got to prepare for it. In other words, pour it out. In other words, get available for his spirit to do a work in your life. Get available. There's, there's three things that God wants, specific things that God wants in your life. Listen closely. Number one is your body. Number two is your soul. 
Number three is your spirit. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse 23 reads as this, listen. He says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. Everybody say sanctify. I'm gonna say cleanse, all right? Cleanse you through and through. So it's a thorough cleansing. It's, 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 it's not like he's cleaning the hand. He's cleaning all of the vessel, amen? I don't want him to just clean the rim. I don't want him to get an inch deep. I want him to clean all of the vessel. I don't want a dollar's worth of God, and once I get a dollar's worth of God, I'm full up. I want to, I want to have an empty cavity that he can fill with all that he has for me, and he turns our lives upside down to the power of who he is. Your body, your soul, your spirit. Listen, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Listen to this. May your, may your whole spirit and body, that's your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's three areas that God is specifically wanting to sanctify or cleanse in your life. And I'm going to tell you, if you give him your body, if you give him your soul, and if you give him your spirit, guess what that is? That's the entirety of a man. That's your life. That's your life. Now, stay with me, okay? You give him that, you give him that right now, that's going to include who you marry in life. Oh, now, you know, you're getting off on my stuff now, you know what I mean? Now, it's going to include who you marry in life. It, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to include what jobs you're going to be taking in life. It's all of you. It's, it's who you worship. It's your values. What you stand for. What you believe. It's right or wrong in your life. It's your finances. It's all of you. All of you. And if you pour it out and let him fill you up, you're going to find something. He's going to pour in what the Bible records as unspeakable joy. I watch so many people. Man, as a pastor, you've got to see that I've... This happens so much. I see so many people fight to keep all their junk in their vessel. And they are stinking miserable. But they're singing the Frank Sinatra song, bless God, I did it my way. And they're shaking their fist at God. They're mad at God. They're God, mad at everybody else. They're frustrated at God. But I am not going to dare let you have this vessel. When I start saying the entirety of your life, well, we start having some kickback on that and say, wait a minute, I'm independent. Yeah, I know you're independent. God created you to be independent. But I'm going to tell you, not independent of him. And when you step in the presence of God, please, for just a minute, it takes an humbling. But when you humble yourself in God and say, God, I've tried it my way. There's not one of us that hadn't tried it our way. I've tried it my way, and my way stinks. It leads to death, uh, kill, steal, and destroy. It leads to death. But when I come into his presence, there bubbles out life. 
unspeakable, unspeakable joy beyond your understanding peace. Come on, somebody. Anybody need some peace in the house? Beyond your understanding, peace starts coming from your life. Man, he's gonna meet your needs. Did you hear that? Meet your needs. When you give him, give him everything, he says, listen, this is the promise. I'm gonna meet your needs according to the riches of glory. I'm gonna open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. Fight for your own way if you want to. But I'm gonna tell you, if you'll empty it out and present it to God and prepare for it, that it will change your life for the good. Imagine if you got a message that Jesus was on his way down to your house this next week on Friday. What, what would you do? Like, like you heard Jesus, like he's flying in. And he's coming to your house on a specific date. What would be the first thing you would want to do? Clean. clean. There's, there's a cleaning. Sanctifying. There's cleaning. You need, it is clean. I mean, I mean, you'd be cleaning the house. You'd be wiping down all the furniture and vacuuming the carpet. And, and you, would, you want to clean your house from top to bottom because you don't want Jesus stepping in a dirty house and going, you know, you know here he's the light, you know. And he steps in and boom. You know, when I was a kid, I, I, um, my mom, we used to have guests come over and the, and the lights were always turned down real low. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? And I thought it was because mom's kind of setting the, the mood, the environment, you know, kind of looks romantic. No, she just didn't get to dust that week. And, 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 sometimes, and sometimes what happens is you need, you need light to step in your life to expose the dust. To expose it. And Jesus steps in. So if you saw no Jesus was coming, boy, you'd be, you'd be flipping the lights on and, and shining and cleaning up. You would want to clean your house from top to bottom. Why? Because you would want Jesus coming into a clean house to visit you. The same analogy can, can now be used with the Spirit. And since this gift is receiving the presence of the Spirit of the Lord into your soul area, into your life, into the inner being of you, the first thing that you want to make sure that you do is that you have a clean house, that you have a clean soul for him to come into. Your soul is your house, man. And he's coming in. You're inviting him in. He wants to, but there needs to be a cleaning. But this is just, wait, wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. Wait a minute. To be quite honest with you, you can't clean your own vessel. <laughs> you can't do it. And when we try, it becomes our own righteousness that starts working to clean up the vessel. And we're shining and we're cleaning and we're doing all the work. And when we get through, he says, Everything you tried to earn through your own righteousness is as filthy rags. And there's something about us, though, that we want to do. We want to earn. We want to work. I'm good enough for God. No, 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 no. None of us good enough for God. And you can't get good enough for God. But what he's asking, he's not even asking you to do that. He's not asking you to get your righteousness cough out and start wiping things down. What he wants you to do is he wants you to present yourself and pour out 
the room, pour out the space so that he can have room in your life. And we call that repentance. We call that godly sorrow. The Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance. In other words, this, I know I got junk. I know I'm dirty. I know I got issues. I know I'm full of me. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to pour it out. And I'm going to say this, God. Out of the soul of this man. God, I'm sorry. Now, some people, when they start praying that, there's so much godly sorrow come on them that tears roll down their face. I've watched people repent and pour out and never, never cry, but from the inner part of their life, you can see them as they are pouring out. You're not doing that for a pastor. You're not doing that for Nathan Keating, your pastor. You're not doing that for your wife. You're not doing that for... You are doing that as you and God think that you're making room available for him to feel and you are preparing it. We call that repentance. Just all he asks you to do is be available, pour it out, and have godly sorrow. Repent, turn around. And he steps in. And does this miracle that none of our hides really deserve. He steps in to this vessel that's marred, it's broken. That at my very best, it still doesn't look real clean. See, but it's empty. And I hand it to him. And all of a sudden, he pours red blood down in the vessel. And it's the craziest miracle of all time. He puts red blood on black sin and he turns it white as snow. I don't understand it. I don't get it. He didn't ask you to cut yourself. Mr. Indian man, and I'm not making fun of that, as you work your way up the salvation hill to the Mecca at the top, he didn't ask you to do that. He didn't ask you to, to, to cut your hands and, as they do in some third world country as they try to earn the salvation. He didn't ask you to pay some kind of penance that if you do this, you're going to get God. He didn't ask for none of that, man. He, he didn't ask for none of that. He just simply says, give me yourself, present yourself to me, and be sorry for what you had done. And if you'll do that, I'll do the rest of the business in your life. I'll do the cleaning. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So all he asks you to pour it out. In other words, humble yourself to his authority in your life and then repent. Your job is to pour it out. Sorry. And he starts doing the cleansing process. And it's a cleansing agent that's actually beyond anything that you can imagine. 
as he starts clean, cleansing your life. Gene Gary, would you stand? Just right there where you're at. He didn't know I was going to. But Gene Gary just told me his story, and you're going to hear it this, during this series on, by video of what happened when this old dirty vessel called Gene Gary decided to step one day in the atmosphere of the presence of the Lord, and he began to give his life, his vessel to God. He had a lot of Gene Gary up in him. And if Weta was here, she'd say amen. But he had a lot of Gene Gary. And he'll tell his story about the day he said, Lord, I'm sorry. And when he said, I'm sorry, the cleansing agent of the blood of Jesus began to wash his soul. Goodness. And I don't tell you, you don't have to be around Gene, very, Gene Gary very long to know that something was empty out, and there's he's full of the Spirit of the Lord. I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to know this. I'd like to know how many of you, you stepped in his presence one day, even if, even if you've walked away, you've backslid, stepped away from God, whatever it may be, but you remember a day in your life, whether it was a small child at a camp somewhere, whatever it may be, that you stepped in the presence of the Lord and you did what Gene Gary did. You brought your vessel. You poured it out. You asked God, God, I'm available. You told God I'm available. And you said, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and repent. I want you to stand if you remember that day. Would you do that? And, and just, just all across this building. And if you don't stand, I'm telling you, we're not looking down or judging you. I'm having people stand because I want you to see that this thing really works. And let me just say this. If he forgave you, and you know it, you felt it, that he forgave you of all of your past, all of your dirt, all of your junk, I want you to throw your hands in the air right now and praise a God, praise a God that did the miraculous work of life change in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now look at this. I'm closing. Acts 2.38, let's look at it again when we do that. It says repent. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins. Everybody say repent of your sins and turn to God. It's got to be a turning. Repent actually means that. It means a turning. It's this doing this 180. And I, I was walking that way and I turn around and you say, I don't know if I can do that. He, he, he didn't ask you to. He just says, repent in turn, he's going to help you in that process. Repent and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 